Good morning, beautiful morning. So today I wanted to talk about something that's very meaningful to me. This coming Shabbat, this coming Saturday, is going to be the 10th day of the month of Shabbat on the Jewish calendar. The 10th day of the month of Shabbat is a very, very special day. And the best way for me to explain what happens on the 10th of Shvat in 1951 is to call it a day when every single one of us became a leader of world Jewry. And when I say every single one of us, I'm talking literally about every individual. You are a leader. It's when the simple people, just like me and you, we got permission to lead. Now, I don't know what you're thinking as you hear this, and I don't know why you think I can make such a claim, because I can tell you some of you were born in 1951 or were alive during that time, I wasn't. The the late chief rabbi of the Great Britain, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, somebody who I, I read very often, who I learn from so often, and if you haven't had an opportunity to learn uh, his teachings, they're, they're, they're mind-boggling. He said once that most leaders create followers but the Rebbe created leaders. On the 10th of Shvat in 1951, which in the Jewish calendar is 5711, the Rebbe, Rabbi Schneerson, accepted the position of Rebbe. His father-in-law had passed away on that day exactly one year earlier, and for the span of that year, Nobody knew whether or not he would accept the mantle of leadership. He didn't really want to. And he was making it pretty clear during that year that he didn't want to do it. Yet, for the people, for the handful of people who were there at that event when he accepted the leadership, it wasn't a complete surprise. Many had anticipated, many had hoped that on the Yortzeit, on the first anniversary of the passing of his father-in-law, that he would use that as the inauguration to become the new Rebbe. What he did since 1951 has completely changed the Jewish world. It's changed my life. And I think that for many of us here, it's also changed your life, even if you don't realize it. I'll tell you what came as a shock for those who noticed it. There were two points that the Rebbe made at that gathering. The first, what I would say, radical idea was to establish in no uncertain terms that the goal of his leadership would be to usher in an era of peace and tranquility, which 
was something that was a dream and a hope of the Jewish people for many centuries, yet not really spoken about. And I think it could be that we're talking about a post-Holocaust community. This is just six years after the Holocaust, and people were really downtrodden. Now, the Jewish people have always believed in the idea of Mashiach. Unfortunately, there have been a lot of different communities and peoples who have stolen this idea, and they have kind of turned it into something else. But we've always believed, no matter what we've gone through, that we, that there is hope, a fervent hope in a better world, no matter what's going on. And today, as we celebrate the first birthday of Kfir Bibas, who needs to come out of captivity now, today, when we experience so much hatred in the world, so many difficult moments in the world, we have always believed, even through the most complicated and difficult times in humanity, in the idea of Mashiach, which, which means this that there is a possibility, not a possibility, there's a hope, there's an assurance that the world will become a better place. But the Rebbe didn't mean it in a far-off sense, that our efforts, what we do, would somehow contribute to bringing this, this, this as Maimonides calls it, the final redemption a little bit closer. And that it would eventually happen whenever it happened. The Rebbe was clear in stating that it was our responsibility, not our right, not our hope, but our responsibility to bring an era of peace, to bring Mashiach in our times. Now, as the Jewish world was collectively and to a certain extent, I would say, even so many years later, we're over 70 years later. And the Jewish world is still collectively trying to figure out how to survive. How to survive unfathomable losses. The Holocaust was just the beginning of it, but today we have so many other losses that we're trying to survive. And here comes the Rebbe talking about the, the loftiest possible goal that anyone could speak of. Something that the Jewish people have dreamt of for 2,000 years. The second shocking idea, which I think is even more shocking in light of the first idea, was that the Rebbe would accept the leadership only, and he said this so clearly, only if individuals would take personal responsibility and not rely on him to do the work for them. The Rebbe said he would help, but he would not and could not do anyone else's job for them. Now, generally speaking, Hasidim, the Hasidic movement, which had started with the Baal Shem Tov some you know, almost 300 years prior, was always focused on a spiritual leader, on a guide, on a Rebbe, and people would rely a lot on this Rebbe. But in 1951, the Rebbe wanted to change that, saying, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about you. It's about your personal responsibility. 
taking control of your life. And I think about this so often because that's what our world needs more than ever. Our world needs people not to shift blame, not to say nothing's possible, not to say give up hope, but to have that responsibility that it's me. My destiny, my future is going to be based on the work that I do. Nobody said being in this world was going to be easy. Nobody said that this life was going to be a a picnic. Our job in this world is to do the work. And for some of us, we think about that work and we say, that's really, really tough. Can I just relax for a moment? I've been doing the work. It's always, it, whenever I think I've gotten it, I, I, it's something else. Yeah, if you think that way, that's why it becomes exhausting. But if the Rebbe wanted us to say no, the work will be from the moment we're born until the moment God decides to remove us from this world, which means that our goal, our mission, our our place in this world is completed. Every single moment is going to be the work. That's what we signed up for. Our soul knew this before coming into the world, and our soul wanted to do it. Oh, somehow in the process we became lazy, so we became lazy. So we can acknowledge we became lazy. We want to relax. Society taught us that we should veg in front of our TV, and that's going to make us better. No, our, we, our soul came into this world to do the work. And every single day, our soul wants to do the work. And our body just needs to be in sync with that. Now, when considering these two ideas together, I think that it emerges that on day number one of the Rebbe's leadership, the Rebbe outlined the most ambitious possible goal for the universe to finally be perfected and that it was up to you and I, to every individual, to see that it happens. And over the decades that followed, in keeping with these two ideas, the Rebbe led the implementation of a plan to literally reach every single Jew and bring redemption to the world. To literally go out and find every individual to search for them. And that's why you're going to find Chabad in today more places than Coca-Cola. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs said another statement about the Rebbe. He said, as Hitler hunted the Jews in hate, the Rebbe hunted the Jews in love. The Rebbe was able to do this by empowering individuals, both rabbis and rabbitsons, known as shluchim, and then countless others, just regular individuals, that if you know something, teach it. That your job, people would come to the Rebbe and say, but I'm not a teacher. I don't know this. The Rebbe said, if you know Aleph, teach Aleph, meaning the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. If you don't know anything else but the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, teach that letter. 
The Rebbe said that you, you're going to make excuses. You don't know enough. You're not a scholar. You're not great. Who am I to be able to teach? That's false humility. If you know something, then it's your job to make sure someone else knows it as well. And not in the, the missionary type, like, I want to tell you what you need to know. But because the world is asking for it. I am shocked every single day with the questions that come my way. Noticing that we're looking for something. There's a, a quest to know the Aleph. If it's just an Aleph. And that means that the goal was that through individuals doing their job, the world will come into perfection. Now, in the past, each individual was something of, I would say, a private person. Everyone would take responsibility for their own family. And if they had strength left, maybe they would do a little community service. They would help the community. But only completely selfless and unique leaders would take the entire world's weight on their shoulders. I can tell you as someone who grew up at the feet, so to speak, of the Rebbe, listening to the Rebbe's every word, I, every single day of my life, feel like I'm not doing enough. No matter what I do, it's not enough. Somehow the Rebbe instilled within me and many, many people, I'm not unique this way, that Whatever we do, we have to do more. That's our job. And if you look at the world in general, in, in each era, there would be a figure of, of what, what the Zohar, what Kabbalah calls the extension of the Moses of each generation. Everyone else would just try to live their best life, perfecting the universe, making the world a better place, just wasn't on the average person's daily task list. But the Rebbe changed that. The Rebbe changed that completely. These were the conditions of his leadership. No longer could we be satisfied with simply living our best life. We had to think of the perfection of the universe. The Rebbe would stand, even as a man in his late 80s, early 90s, the Rebbe would stand for hours, an entire Sunday, distributing dollar bills for tzedakah. The Rebbe explained that the purpose of this is to, was to deputize the recipient into a messenger, what he called a shaliach mitzvah, a messenger for a mitzvah. In other words, the Rebbe used every encounter as an opportunity to empower. The Rebbe said, if two people meet, then it should benefit a third. So I will give you a dollar that you can give to someone else in need. The Rebbe would, would distribute thousands of dollars on a Sunday. <clears throat> Among the tens of thousands of people who would meet the Rebbe at a Sunday dollars, I want to introduce you to Gabriel Aram. He was an entrepreneur, a philanthropist from Toronto, and he was the publisher of a magazine called Lifestyles. It was a magazine for executives. 
1992, on the, on the 21st of Adar, Aram received a dollar and told the Rebbe that on the occasion of the Rebbe's 90th birthday, 1992, the Rebbe was born in 1902, 1992, <clears throat> which was a few days before the Rebbe's 90th birthday, that his magazine, Lifestyles, was going to be publishing an article in his honor. And he says to the Rebbe, what's your message to the world? What can we write in the magazine that is your message to the world for your 90th birthday? 90, the Rebbe says with a smile, is the value of the Hebrew letter tzaddik. Every single letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical equivalent. So the, the Hebrew letter tzaddik it has the numerical equivalent of 90, meaning that the word tzaddik, which is a truly righteous person, that's how it's defined, as a truly righteous person, which directly indicates that it is the, in the power of every individual to become a real tzaddik, to become righteous. The very next day, this was the 21st of Adar in 1992, the very next day on the 22nd of Adar, the Rebbe suffered a stroke and would never speak publicly again. I think that in many ways, the Rebbe's words to Aram summarized the message that he had been saying since the beginning. Here, the publisher of Lifestyles magazine wanted to focus on the Rebbe's greatness, but the Rebbe turned it around and made it about the greatness of every single individual. The Rebbe took the idea of tzaddik of righteous, and instead of being an elite status of a singular individual made it about you and me. So who is the tzaddik? Who is righteous? We are. And that's what I mean when I say the Rebbe created leaders. The Rebbe made Rebbes. The word Rebbe in Hebrew is spelled Resh Bet Yud. It's actually an acronym for Rosh B'nai Yisrael, the head of the Jewish people. Every single one of us is a Rebbe. Every single one of us, this was really his message, has the ability to be a global leader. And the Rebbe said this before social media. The Rebbe said this before we had platforms to be able to spread global messages. Personal success and perfection of all creation are one thing. And when I think of what it means to be my personal best, it's inseparable from a vision of the world at its best. And that was the deal that the Rebbe made with us on this day. So this Shabbat, which is Yud Shvat, which is going to celebrate the anniversary of the Rebbe taking on this leadership and really changing the landscape of the Jewish world, When, when the Rebbe spoke that day in 1951, the Rebbe said that when someone takes on uh, every business, so to speak, has to have a, a mission statement. So the Rebbe smiled and said, so what's my mission statement? The Rebbe said, love of God, love of Torah, and love of people. That's my mission statement. Love of God, 
love of Torah and love of people. And then the Rebbe smiled and said, and they're all interchangeable, which means you would think that love of God would come first, then love of Torah, then love of people. No, it could be love of people, love of Torah, love of God, love of people, love of love of God, love of Torah. It could be all interchangeable, but they're all one. What I just like about that mission statement is that there's three loves in it. And that's what the world, I think, today needs more than ever. We, we have to see ourselves as ambassadors of good. We have to see ourselves not as, as an individual trying to navigate this world. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling that the world's coming at you in all directions, Remember, that's why your soul came into this world. And for as long as you live in this world, until God decides that it's not your time anymore to be here, your job is to be a leader. You don't have to be a leader of the world. You have to be a leader of yourself and then a leader of another and another and to spread a message of positivity of good. Very often, on my platform, people will ask me, you know, there's so many, this thing's going on. You really need to use your platform to spread a particular message. Like what's going on in Israel right now? Why aren't you talking about it every single day on your platform? People are following you, listening to you. I said, yes, there are, it, I, I don't stop thinking about it. It's very important. But my job every single day is to spread a message of positivity to spread a message of goodness. Because I know that through that message, it's going to empower and bring hope and bring goodness and bring Mashiach, bring a, a sense of, of, of positivity to everything that we do. If I can help you start your day with a little bit extra positivity, then I think it's going to be much more powerful than me telling you what's going on in the world, which you can find out from a lot of other sources. You don't need me. But there's not a lot of sources or not enough sources that are giving us message of positivity. And that is our job. Our job. It's not just my job. It's all of our jobs. Our job is to use whatever resources we have, whether we can affect one person or we can affect a thousand. It doesn't matter to be able to spread that message and to be realized that the responsibility was put in our hands. And that is what changed on the 10th of Shvat in 1951. And the results are incredible. The Pew study, just a few years ago, on the Jewish community in the United States, I think the 2011 Pew study, if I remember correctly, this is just off the top of my head, said, that 37% of the Jewish community had had some interaction with Chabad, with the Rebbe. Now, that's incredible. A third, one of every three Jews in the United States. What's even more incredible is a 2001 Pew study, which was just 10 years earlier, said something like 18% of the Jewish community has any interaction with Judaism. 
that is how I know that this is a message that resonates. One of the many examples. So this Shabbat, Hashem should give us the power, the renewed power, because the day of the yard site, it's the yard site of the previous Rebbe, and the day the Rebbe took on that mantle of leadership, that that day has an extra power. And I and I plan on on, on spending this particular Shabbat. We're very happy that in our community we're gonna have a, a bris, we're gonna have a, a, a celebration, and we're gonna be have an opportunity uh to, to talk about it. And I encourage each and every one of you to, sp to spend that time, a little bit of extra time talking about your positive message and how you can make the world a better place during this very special time. And that's my thought for today.